sometimes when I teach on the story of Peter and particularly what was just dramatized for you, uh, I think of a story that I read that Warren Bennis originally told. And it's a story about uh, a young, promising um, uh, executive, a junior executive who worked at IBM under the leadership of uh, Tom Watson Sr., who was the founder of IBM. And this young junior executive, uh, he was involved in a very risky business venture that went sour. And he was responsible for it, and he ended up costing IBM $10 million because of that mistake. And so he was called into the office of Tom Watson Sr. after that. And so he goes into the office of Tom Watson very sheepishly, and he says, well, I suppose you want my resignation, so here it is. I resign. And Tom Watson looked at this junior executive, and he says, you've got to be kidding me. I've just invested $10 million in your education. I can't afford your resignation. And I think maybe if Peter was tempted to come up to Jesus after all that had happened and said, well, Jesus, I have failed you so miserably. I suppose you want my resignation. Here it is. I resign. I imagine Jesus saying to him, Peter, you've got to be kidding me. I've just invested everything into you. I've just invested my whole life. I can't afford your resignation. I'm going to take you, and I'm going to put you back together, and I'm going to give you a mission and plant that in your heart. This is the hope of Easter. Um, some of you heard me say this before. Uh, Gordon Smith, uh, who is the president of Ambrose uh, University in Calgary, his wife, her name is Joella. And Joella is an artist in particular. One of the things that she does for art is uh, she's a mosaicist. And Gordon tells a story about sometimes uh, she will, they will be in a restaurant together. And uh, when they're eating their meal, sometimes uh, you will hear like this crash. These dishes just fall to the ground. So a waiter or waitress has just uh, dropped a stack of dishes. And while everybody is sort of shocked in silence, he says that Joella will sometimes get up out of her seat and go to where the dishes have been broken. And she'll speak to the manager and she'll ask if she can have a lot of or some of the broken pieces of dishes. And so then she takes all those broken pieces home and she makes them into a beautiful piece of of art. She is a mosaicist, where she takes broken pieces and makes them into something that is beautiful. Friends, that is the hope that Jesus brings, that God is a mosaicist, that there is hope in brokenness, in the brokenness of our lives that is often there, in the brokenness of relationships, in the brokenness of some of the choices that we make that, are, that break our lives, or in the brokenness that other people's choices uh, make that break our lives as well. That the hope of Easter, that the hope of Jesus is that those broken pieces of our lives do not just have to remain on the floor and get swept up and tossed into the trash. That God is able, through Jesus, to make something beautiful out of brokenness. To bring light out of darkness. That's the hope of Jesus. That's the hope of Easter. And that's the hope of Peter's story. I don't know what you hope for in life. Uh, a lot of us hope for different things, and a lot of us hope for many good things. Maybe you hope for financial security. Maybe you hope for good health. Maybe you hope for a stronger marriage. Maybe you hope for a short sermon this morning. Maybe you hope for a good future for your, for your children. Uh, there's a lot of good things that we hope for in life. And maybe that hope for you at times get real, gets realized um, in a doctor's office when your doctor gives you a good report, perhaps when you were expecting a bad report, and hope is renewed. Maybe that hope is... Uh, 
received when you receive an, an unexpected check in the mail, and it's just the right amount at just the right time, and hope is renewed. Maybe that hope is uh, realized and renewed in your life when a child of yours turns their life around and makes some good choices and sets their life in a good direction. For Peter, hope was realized and hope was experienced in a meal. Hope was experienced for Peter at breakfast, as was just dramatized for us by Glenn. When Jesus was on the shore, on the beach that morning, he was making breakfast for his disciples. And Peter came in, and Peter was full of joy to see Jesus. And Jesus and Peter had a moment together where hope was restored for Peter. Because Peter was asked three times, do you love me? And that mirrored the three times that he denied Jesus. And it was this moment between Peter and Jesus where grace was given by Jesus to Peter and hope was restored in Peter's life. And Peter was given a mission. Peter would go on to be one of the key leaders in the early church. Peter would be used by God in incredible ways. God turned his life around, took the broken pieces of Peter's life and made it into something beautiful. And forever Peter has been known as Saint Peter. He's been known as Saint Peter throughout all church history. And I was thinking about this because I was comparing that to another disciple. This other disciple's name is Thomas. And Thomas's story comes right before Peter's story in the book of John. In John chapter 20, it says that right uh, at one point, Jesus, after the resurrection, he appeared to his disciples, but Thomas was not there with him. And so Jesus went away, and the disciples came, and they told Thomas what had happened. They said, we have seen the Lord. He appeared to us. And Thomas responded by saying, uh, unless I see Jesus myself, unless I take my hand and put it in his side, unless I touch the holes in his hand, I will not believe. And then when they were all together once more, and Thomas was there, Jesus appeared to them again. And the text says this. Now Thomas... One of the twelve was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my fingers where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe it. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here, see my hand. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. And Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. And because of this one story, Thomas has been forever known throughout church history as what? Just say it. Doubting Thomas. Isn't that interesting? Peter is known as St. Peter. Thomas is known as Doubting Thomas. This is the only story in the New Testament where Thomas is said to have doubted. In fact, in John chapter 11, Thomas is said to have been this courageous person of great faith where Jesus was going to Jerusalem and there was danger in going to Jerusalem. And Thomas says to the other disciples, well, let's go with him to die with him. It's this courageous faith. And this one moment where Thomas doubts and forever he is labeled as a doubter. We were uh, in prison ministry a couple of weeks ago. And as I said at the beginning of the service, we were talking about this story. And as we were talking about the story and how Thomas has been unfairly labeled as doubting Thomas through all the centuries, one of the inmates there, with tears in his eyes, he made this comment. He says, 
Why do we, as people, insist on always labeling other people according to their lowest moments in their life? And we all just sat there quietly for a moment. Because we have a tendency to do that as human beings, don't we? We label other people. We label other people according to their lowest moment, according to that place in their life where they make this mistake and they're forever known for that mistake. But I want you to know something. Jesus did not label Thomas as doubting Thomas. We did. But Jesus didn't. In that moment of Thomas's doubt, he met Thomas with grace and mercy and invited Thomas to come once again and believe. Peter doubted just as much as Thomas. Peter made even bigger mistakes than Thomas. And Jesus was gracious to Peter as well. That is the hope of the gospel. That is hope of the Easter, Easter story. And in that story of Thomas, Jesus says this. Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God, and then Jesus told him, blessed, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. I want to ask you this morning, if you are here this morning and you believe in Jesus, why do you believe in Jesus? I've thought about that myself, and there are many reasons that I believe in Jesus. And I think about the resurrection the resurrection of Jesus is one of the primary reasons why I believe in Jesus and have given my life to him. I believe that there, are, there is great evidence for the resurrection. I believe that there is great reasons, there are many reasons to believe that Jesus actually did rise from the dead. It wasn't just this mystical thing, this, uh, this thing where Jesus sort of rose from the dead, not, not really rose from the dead, but just sort of in people's hearts. Jesus physically rose from the dead, and there's good historical evidence to believe in that. That is part of the reason why I believe in Jesus, because he actually rose from the dead, and there's good reason to believe in that. But as I've thought about why I believe in Jesus, it goes deeper than that. There's good reason to believe in Jesus. There's good reason to believe because his teaching was so incredible, and his crucifixion and his resurrection actually happened. But when it comes down to it for me, it's not just that. It's about who Jesus was. And for me... It's the kindness of Jesus. It's the grace of Jesus that I see. I'm drawn to kindness in people. When I meet someone who's kind and gracious, I'm drawn to them. And as I read about Jesus, it's his kindness, it's his mercy, it's his grace that draws me to his heart. It's his kindness that's shown to Thomas. It's his kindness that's shown to Peter. And Jesus wants to show his kindness to you. So I want to ask you this morning, do you know Jesus? Do you know him? Peter, when he denied Jesus, one of the points, I think it was the second time he denied Jesus, he looked at the woman who was saying, you're one of his disciples, and he said, I don't know him. Of course, G Peter knew Jesus, but I don't think he fully knew Jesus. But when Jesus and Peter got together on the beach after the resurrection, then Peter really knew Jesus. He knew the grace of Jesus. He knew the mercy of Jesus. And the question is, do you know Jesus? Do you know Jesus in all of his kindness, in all of his grace, 
the risen Jesus who is here with us today. And I want to say to you this morning that if you don't know Jesus, if you have never taken that step, as Jesus said, and believed in him, if you have never taken that step and said, you know what, Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross for my sins, and I believe that you have risen from the dead, and Jesus, I don't understand everything about faith. I have lots of questions, but I know that there is hope in you. There's something in my heart that says that this story is right. That in this story, I am sensing the love of God, and I'm drawn to this. Then you can take a step of faith this morning, and you can make a step towards God and begin your spiritual journey. And that starts with just you and God, and you saying to God, I confess my sin to you, and I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sin, and I believe that he has risen from the dead, and God, with your help, I want to follow you. If you're here this morning and you've never done that, you can begin your journey with God. You can know him. You can know his grace and you can believe in him. So I'm just going to ask that you would bow your heads this morning. And I want to give you an opportunity to begin your journey with God. And you do not need to have everything figured out and you may have lots of questions. That's okay. What God wants you to do is by faith receive him. So if that's you this morning, then in the quietness of your own heart, you can just pray along with me and begin your journey with God. So you can pray after me. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your son, Jesus. I thank you that he died on a cross for my sins. I believe that you raised him from the dead. I believe that Jesus sacrificed on the cross, paid the price for my sins. And God, I believe that you want me to give you my whole life. So with your help, I surrender my life to you. I turn away from doing whatever I want. And I want to move with your help in the direction of doing what you want. Please fill me with your Holy Spirit. By faith, I receive from you that I am a son of God, that I am a daughter. Thank you for your salvation. In Jesus' name, amen.